Well, good morning. Welcome to Warehouse Church. It's so good to have you guys. Thank you for the stage crew, right? They do a good job. I set that up really quick, but um, we're in the middle of this series that I just absolutely love uh, called This Is My Story, and this is our opportunity. I can stand up here week after week, and I can share the gospel message with you guys. I can talk about Jesus, uh, and we can do that, and I love doing it. It's absolutely one of my passions, uh, but to see God's work in action in people's lives is where it's at, in my opinion. And so I love to hear people tell their stories. And so last week, we had Josh and Jenny Stone, and they just did an excellent job of talking about what God uh, has done in their lives and how faithful that He has been. So thank you guys again for that. Um, this whole series is, is kind of planned around one of our core values here at Warehouse Church. We believe in celebrating stories. We celebrate stories. That's one of the things that we want to make sure happens all around us in this church week after week and time after time. And that means that we celebrate God's great big story. That's the gospel message, the redemption. God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. Like We celebrate that story every single week. But we also celebrate all the little stories that he is writing in our lives. I say this all the time, but if there's still breath in your lungs, God's still writing your story. Amen. And so today I have the pleasure of getting to talk to one of my friends uh, that has been really a mentor in my life uh, and, and just probably doesn't know just how much uh, her Christian uh, and follower of Jesus witness has been to me and so many others of us. I'm going to ask Miss Lori Bricken to come up and to share her story with us today. So excited to have you up here uh, Thanks, sharing Clay. what God has done in your life. And so um, it takes a lot of courage. I mean, it just takes a lot of courage. I was talking to Josh and Jenny last week about just, you know, got a little bit of nervousness going on uh, because this is such a big opportunity to share what God has done in your life. And so we're going to just jump right in if that's okay with you. Stop in. <laughs> so if someone saw you out in public, um, you're a professional. You know, most folks here know you as principal. Uh, most folks know you as a teacher. Uh, most folks know you in a very professional way uh, throughout this region. If folks saw you, they're probably not thinking of, hey, this woman probably has a hurt in her life that is unbelievable. Or this person has a, a story. What we know as followers of Christ is that everyone has a story. We all have a story. And so I, today I'm going to ask you to kind of share a little bit of your story. Thank you, Clayton. Um, I had an amazing childhood, and I'm very thankful for that. We were uh, poor, but so was everyone else, so that wasn't a big deal. But um, my dad was called to preach when um, we were growing up, and so we spent our lives in church. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night. We were there on Wednesday night, and I had amazing Sunday school teachers and just loved God and knew about God early on and gave my life to him at an early age. I was baptized when I was nine in a river in October. <laughs> it was cold. Um, it, was, it was cold. So, but, um, so my life was, was pretty good like that. Um, but there were a lot of rules in our home. We were loved immensely, but uh, we lived by a strong set of rules. That was like part of our faith. So there was no cussing. There was no drinking. Um, there was no doing what you shouldn't do on dates. Um, in, in our house, we didn't even have a deck of cards. So my mom and dad didn't go to movies. It was very, they were very straight edge, and that's how we were raised. Um, 
and and so we learned to follow the rules. Hmm. And um, but one of the things I learned early on too was that God's word is amazing. And um, so when I was young, if I didn't feel well, um, and I've never shared this with anybody, so uh, my family um, didn't know this, but if I had a bellyache, I would get out of bed at night after everybody went to sleep, and I would go get my Bible, and I would bring it back, and I would just open it up, and I would just lay it on my belly or whatever was hurting, and I would just whisper to God, please heal me, help me feel better. Mm. And you know what? God did that. God was faithful as a little girl, but, but God was teaching me early on that his word heals us. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, life was good. That's such a preacher's kid thing to do, isn't it? We call <laughs> yeah. that, we, we, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, Christian circles, you call that a PK. You know, you're a PK. My son is a PK. Last week he left church uh, singing, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy <laughs> Spirit. I'm like, wow, you're such a PK. Anyway, um, so that's, all of that is just good. I mean, you had a great, you know, a really good childhood. You knew your parents loved you. You had rules to live by. When did, your, when did things just start to change for you? Um, so if you fast forward to uh, I'm 21 years old and in college and I met this guy and fell in love and um, we would get married and uh, we would go on to um, be married for 15 years, have two beautiful girls. Um, but even when we were dating, um, I noticed that he enjoyed the company of other girls <laughs> mm. and would talk to them. And um, like some girls, I would say things to myself like, I can fix that. You know, he's got some flaws, but I can fix this. I can mm. fix it. Um, he didn't, he believed in God. Uh, he was not a dedicated Christian, though. Uh, he would go to church with me from time to time. But, you know, he, he wasn't in God's word. He wasn't. Uh, living that out. And so I learned early on in that marriage that Christians handle temptation and trials differently than people who aren't dedicated Christians, mm -hmm. people who don't have God as their priority. And God's word tells us, you know, to um, flee temptation, sin yeah. and flee temptation and to draw near to God. And so that's what I was doing, but that's not what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And so that began to really um, tear down our marriage. Um, it began to tear down me personally. Um, and it's an awful, awful, awful thing to see your marriage disintegrate. You know, I wanted for my girls what I had growing up, um, but that wasn't happening. And I, and I didn't understand why, because I was following all the rules. You know, I was teaching vacation Bible school in the summer. I was teaching Sunday school. I was singing in the choir. Um, I was doing all of those things, and I was still praying to God and uh, reading his word. But my marriage was a mess. Yeah. And my life was a mess because you begin to internalize that. And so I felt like a failure. I felt like um, I was worthless and things I tried to do. We went to marriage counseling. I, I tried to change how I looked physically, thinking that might help. And 
so I colored my hair and changed the style of clothing and, and did all the things within my power. Um, but ultimately, um, I descended into this very deep pit where I just wanted things to end. I was really just kind of done with life and wanted it all over with. And I felt like I had been betrayed by my husband, but more, I felt like I had been betrayed by God because I was following the rules and my life should be working out fine and what I was doing should have satisfied God, but it wasn't. It wasn't working out like that, and I couldn't understand. And so one, um, it was 2 a.m. one morning, and I got my Bible, and the girls obviously are asleep. And when it's 2 a.m. and your marriage is falling apart, you really don't sleep. Um, When you're in that season of suffering, you don't. And it was just me there. So I got my Bible, and I I did what what I did back then, which is close my eyes, open up my Bible, put my finger down on a verse, and that would be what you know I would study. And so I did that and asked God to just really give me something to get me through because I was just, I was at a loss. I was at the end. Yeah. And when I opened my eyes and looked to see what my finger was on, my finger, I had opened to the title page of the book of Job. Mm. My finger was on the word Job. And that devastated me. Because if you know anything about Job, you know how horrendous his life was. You know that he lost everything that was of value to him. He lost his, you know, his kids, his possessions. He lost everything but his nagging wife, you know. (laughs) And I just began to really pray because I was like, God, why are you doing this? Am I going to lose my kids? Is it just going to get worse? I just don't understand. But as I read through the tears, there was this little voice that said, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Mm. And I kept reading and that voice said, bad things happen to Christians. Bad things happen to people that aren't Christians. Bad things happen to people. You know, bad things happen to Jesus. Mm. So there I was at 2 a.m. knowing that bad things happen, even if you follow the rules. That's big. That's a big statement for us all to hear, um, because many of us feel like, I mean, and I don't, I don't know if any we would ever verbalize this, but many of us feel like God owes us something because we are following the rules. Look at all I've done, God. Look at all the good that I've done. And I've been going to church every week. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been making sure my kids go to 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 kids church. All this stuff. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And so I'm so thankful that you really brought that out to us today. Let's take a detour for a moment. How can the church help in these kinds of situations when there's divorce or when there's separation or anything like that? Like how, in your experience, how was the church there or not there for you so that we can kind of glean from that? That's a great question, Clayton, because the church certainly has an opportunity to help here. Um, And and the church I was going to when um, I divorced, there were a couple that looked down their nose, Mm -hmm. you know. And, um, but they haven't walked in my shoes. And, um, but I'm thankful because I had a Sunday school class, shout out to them, that was uh, really in God's word every week, every day. And they were such a source of encouragement and support for me on a regular basis. My family was phenomenal. You know, my sister was sending me words of, you know, of encouragement through the week in a card, even though I'd see her on Sunday through the week, she was sending me a card. 
Um, and then there were some people that I worked with. Uh, I was at, teaching at Allen Central, and um, one of our own, Miss Amy Halbert here, and Rita Osborne, those were women that I went to that I knew weren't, they were going to be my prayer warriors, and, mm. and they weren't going to be running around talking about my life situation, but they were going to be on their knees praying for me. And um, so I, and I needed people like that. I needed those, those prayers and those, um, they were my prayer warriors. So prayer, obviously, is so important, and that's the, the biggest thing that we can do. But as the church, we, we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ. So how can we go a step after that? Like, what can we do other than more than just pray? Not more. More is more All right, term. yeah, prayer is the priority. priority. But there are some, there are some very step. tangible things Absolutely. that um, uh, that Christians, that our Christian body can do. Um, for instance, I didn't really own anything. I've been married for 15 years, but my husband was very, very good with finances. And I didn't even really like write checks during that time. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, uh, that was what he did. And he took care of utilities and he took care of those things. And we lived in a house that we rented from his parents. So when we divorced, I had to move out. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I didn't want that house to be half empty. And I wanted to leave everything there for the girls to create as much normalcy as I could. So I didn't really have anything. I mean, yeah. like nothing. And so I had Christians who brought me things. I had my family and um, fellow believers that actually on move-in day, they came with furnishings wow. and they helped me move in. Um, there was a lady, uh, Zana, in my Sunday school class, and she came before move-in day to help me shampoo the carpets because they needed to be cleaned. And so things like that. There were people that showed up that brought, you know, kitchen items and bedding and things like that. So I, I couldn't have made it without them. Yeah. Prayer, provisions, mm -hmm. like helping move in and oh, helping absolutely. move out and all those things. Is there anything else that we can do as a church? Um, yeah. Just being intentional, uh, the church that I went to, there was a, and, and this was even before the divorce, I was virtually a single woman on Sundays um, with two girls trying on Sunday morning to get myself ready and get both of them dressed and ready and then get their carriers or to the car and get them in car seats. By the time I got to church, I was absolutely <laughs> exhausted. You know, that, that's tiring physically. And there was a gentleman there, though, who saw a need, and he was intentional. Bernice Goebel met me at my car every Sunday morning mm. and would help me carry those babies into church. And um, after church on Sunday, he would help, he would come to me and help carry them back to the car and buckle them in. And there are Sundays that it was just so tough, you know, because you've had a rough week, and you want to go to church on Sunday, but it is exhausting. And I would just, I knew in my head that if I could just make it to church, Bernice would be there at the car to help me carry wow. those girls in. And so rain, sleet, snow, hell, he was there to help wow. me. Um, and there was a lady that came to me one day, and she came with an envelope, and I knew I had money in it. And I like to think that I'm very strong and independent, and that I don't want to appear weak and need people's help, but I didn't want to take that envelope. But she told me, she said, if you don't take this, you're robbing me of a blessing. And so I really began to look at people's help differently, you know, because 
God was blessing her by helping me. Wow. So, so I mean, one of the things that we're called to do in the church as believers of Christ is to be burden bearers. We bear each other's burdens. And so I can tell, like, with, the, with Bernice, mm-hmm. same, um, you felt seen by him. Like, you felt like someone knew what you were going through, and, and he just met a need that he saw. Right, and he didn't know the details. He just saw that, hey, here's, here's this woman trying to get her babies into church. And so, yeah, being intentional and opening our eyes to see what's needed around us. That's so big and so important for us. And so, as the church, for anyone, and it doesn't have to be a divorce situation, but it could be any kind of situation, we are called, like, one of the things that we do, unfortunately, and when we see people going through hard times, is that we tend to pull back away from people because we feel like we, they may not want us in their business. They don't want us to get involved. If they want us, they'll ask us. But at the end of the day, like, we are called to be intentional. He didn't ask you if he could come and help you with your kids. He just saw the need and met the need. And so I'd say for us as the church, it's so important that when we see needs, we meet those needs. Like, if it's in your power, in your ability to see people where they are and what's going on in their lives, meet those needs. You know, it's so cool. But anyway, back to the story. Back to the story. You're in the pit. You found yourself in this nasty, messy situation where you're broken, uh, completely broken. How did you see God be faithful through all of that? And how did he bring you out of that pit? Well, um, I remembered what I'd learned as a little girl, that God's word, it heals us. And so that's what I did. I turned to God's word, right? And so, and I, and I love, I enjoy books. I enjoy reading all different genres, all different kinds. I was one of those girls that read Game of Thrones <laughs> long before HBO ever got a hold of it, right? <laughs> but there is not another book out there that will restore you, heal you, renew you, and refresh you the way that God's Word mm. does. And so I, was, I would just encourage everybody to be a little more systematic than I was. My, my haphazard, <laughs> open it up, put my finger on a verse. Um, but God was faithful in that time. Um, and then just talking to God, you know, we, we don't hide anything from him in our hearts. And what a great privilege and honor it is to, to go to the creator of the universe, the one in whose image we are all created in, and be able to talk to him. And, and he wants to give us, you know, he, he wants to provide for us and he can give us what's best for us. And, and we don't always ask for what's best. We usually ask for what we want, mm-hmm. but God has a plan to give us what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And so surrendering to what is best, what was best for me. And um, one of the things I learned during that time, because it's during those really difficult times of suffering and um, that you, that that's when God really began to transform my life. And you have to ask questions when you're suffering, or I did, like, how does a God who loves us allow overwhelming difficulties to come our way, right? Yeah. And especially if you're like me and you think that following all the rules, your life should work out fine, and clearly that wasn't working. So, and I'm not just talking about divorce, but cancer, disease, Mm -hmm. pandemics, wars, the loss of a child. Where is God in all of that? And so, I learned that God's given us a free will and he gives us opportunities. Every temptation is an opportunity to be obedient. Mm. 
Every trial, you know, there's an opportunity in that trial for us to do something and to be obedient and to draw closer to Him. And so even in my suffering, I had choices to make. And so one of those choices was, I'm going to be bitter about this or I'm going to be better through this. And I really, really, really wanted to be better. Mm. And so I faithfully, consistently got God's Word out and opened it up and put my finger down on a <laughs> verse and, and would read. And during that time, as I was reading God's Word, I could feel that He was genuinely, I mean, He was leaning into me and I could, He was giving me peace. Um, he was providing for me, not just spiritually, but He was making sure that I had provisions. He was... Um, he was wooing me with his word. He was, Christ was becoming, you know, he was becoming my great romance. He was my companion when it's 2 a.m. and nobody else is around. He was the one that was giving me what nobody else could give me. And so Jesus is my companion. Jesus is my great romance. Jesus is my number one. Nathan, you're a solid number two. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So there definitely, you know, knowing how in-depth that you've uh, got in, your, in the Word of God during that time, there had to be a couple of verses that really stood out to you and kind of helped you through this period of your life. Yeah, there, there were. And let me say that um, when you, after divorce, um, I didn't do things perfect. And I, I want to be very clear about that. I mean, um, there were definitely uh, moments that I made poor choices. And so I learned, too, though, that as Christians, we sin, you know. And I hate my sin. And I don't want to be a part of sin because sin is what's wrong with this world. And I don't want to contribute to that. So, and it's really when I learned to hate my sin that when we hate our sin, that's when we will really stay away from it. But uh, some verses, yeah. Um, the entire book of Philippians. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire book of Philippians is amazing. And Paul's writing Philippians to encourage Christians. And um, it was when I was making choices in my life and reading through Philippians that um, I learned the great difference between happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. So happiness depends on what's happening around you. It's contingent upon that. But joy is something that is far greater. Oh, yeah. And joy is that deep abiding assurance that you are in God's hands and that regardless of your life circumstance, God is still working in your life and mm -hmm. through your life. So, and it was uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 where Paul is talking and he says that he press on, he's going to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus had taken hold of him. And I read that and I knew that Christ had taken hold of me. He had reached down and taken hold of me. And I wanted to be able to be used for what Christ's purpose for me was. And so the tail end of that verse says that, you know, he's going to, Forget the things of the past and strain toward what's ahead. 
And so that's what I, I determined to do that, you know, sometimes to be used by God for his purpose, you have to let go of that past and you have to, you have to move on. And so that's what I wanted to do. Um, there's another verse um, that is way harder. <laughs> um, it's in Matthew chapter 6. Um, yeah, Jesus is talking. I can't remember the exact verses, um, maybe 14 and 15. But Jesus, these letters are in red. And so it's Jesus' word, so you better listen up and, and pay close attention. Jesus says that if you need to forgive men their sins. Um, because if you don't, then God is not going to forgive you your sins. Mm. And that was tough because I knew that there were people I needed to forgive. Even if they never asked, I needed to forgive. Um, and what I really, really wanted to do and, and what my feelings and my emotions were telling me to do were real similar to that country music song. <laughs> I think it was Carrie Underwood about what she was going to do to that truck. And that's <laughs> what I wanted to do, you know. That, that was it. But um, our feelings and emotions, they're not truth. Amen. Um, God's word is truth. Amen. And I recognized that, once again, this was an opportunity to be obedient. So I really had to pray about this forgiveness thing. Um, but when you pray and you ask God to help you see people the way that he sees them and to love them like he does, God will change your perspective and give you an eternal perspective. So I did. And I... I forgave my ex, I forgave other women, I forgave my mother-in-law, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, um, and I can, I can say that I now care very deeply and love them, and I pray for them, you know, I want us to all be in heaven together someday, yeah. so yeah. That was a little tough, but that's that's a game changer there. It's so important because what folks may not realize is that forgiveness is really for us. You know, when we when someone hurt us, if we harbor those feelings, those hurts, it's only hurting us more, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I, you know, that's what I had done. <laughs> yeah. So forgiveness is also important, at least in divorce, when you have kids in that situation, because it's important for to continue to have normalcy as much as possible, right? For your kids' sake, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 that's one of those things where you know there's there's practical advice for people that are are going through um, divorce. And um, is it okay if I give some tips? Go ahead, please give some tips. All right. So um, first and foremost, if you can. Avoid divorce, I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. If um, you can pray through it, if you can go to Christian counseling and make it work, then, you know, that's what you want to do. Even if you have biblical justification for divorce, that doesn't need to be what you run and do. And so, um, but if, as you go down that path, divorce is what you end up with, then, uh, yeah, some practical tips. Number one. Get a dog. <laughs> you are going to have some time when you're lonely yeah. and alone. And uh, so get a dog. 
bring that dog in on the weekends, watch movies, eat Triscuits together, go for long walks together, <laughs> or if you're a cat person, get a cat. Uh, the second thing would be to um, don't allow your emotions and feelings to get the best of you in front of your kids. Mm. Um, and, and that's tough, but you want, there's going to be a lot of change in their lives, and you want to be able to provide a stable, secure um, environment where they feel safe and confident about their future. So keep your emotions in check. And uh, one way to do that and is to just think about the things that you're grateful for and ponder on those things. And in the evenings, you know, share things that you're grateful for with your kids. And that's good advice even if you don't have kids. That's good advice regardless of what you're going, for, going through. God's given us a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. How important is it to make sure that, especially when you have kids in a situation like that, to keep the talk uh, around your kids mm -hmm. to be wholesome and not derogatory or bitter or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and that's part of that uh, forgiveness because you, you know, Jesus tells us to, but you want to be able to move on. And, and believe it or not, you will eventually move on. There is a, a, a season for things in our lives and there's a season for suffering but eventually that divorce will be finalized. And so it's important to um, make sure that you look through to the other side of that suffering and, and that divorce. And so don't, uh, you, you want that, that other parent. Um, they should be most of the time and, and will be involved in the child's life. And so... You want to be able to come together in those milestone moments and come together as, as, as a family as much as you can and celebrate those moments. So you don't want to say things to belittle that parent and, and because when you do that, it makes it very difficult on your kids. And I didn't, I didn't want to make things difficult on them. So, um, so no, for instance, graduation. <laughs> You want everybody together, and so um, everybody can come together when you are not belittling and not putting down and not, you know, remembering those things. And when you practice forgiveness, then everybody can celebrate in those moments together. And and those moments make make it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it worth going ahead and forgiving, and it makes it worth speaking kind words about yeah. the other spouse. That's powerful. you have any other advice? Uh, yeah, be willing to accept help from others. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's, I couldn't have made it without the help of my family and, and my, my Christian friends. Um, I had one friend, she, uh, she was one of my, and is one of my best friends. And um, during that season, she saw me going around and asking people to pray and she knew what was going on, but I couldn't ask her to pray, you know, because she wasn't a Christian. And years later, when she gave her life to the Lord, that was one of the things she remembered. She said, I couldn't pray for you during that season. And that always, you know, kind of bothered her. And so eventually she gave her life to the Lord, and she prays for me now. That's awesome. Hey, one thing I'll add is that how, how important is it to keep people around you that are speaking truth into your life, not just people that want to 
go back to that Carrie Underwood song and just, you know, revenge, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if it hadn't been for those people um, who, who were reminding me of God's truth, and, you know, our, our feelings are very fickle, and our emotions can lead us down paths that we don't need to go down. Yeah. And so it is important to find that godly influence in your life, that, that mentor, um, that person that you can go to who will pray for you right then. Um, and it could be someone in your family. It might be somebody that you work with. Uh, but it needs to be someone who's godly, who's, who's pouring truth into you. Awesome. It's so, I, I just thank you again for the courage to be able to speak your story, God's story through your life, um, because it just, all those opportunities, all those opportunities to choose what you think is best in this time and in this moment, God showed us faithfulness through all of that. Oh, he did, absolutely. And it was, that was, you know, that was so pivotal in me moving from a rules-based faith or religion to, you know, a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and I don't want to end as a single woman. Cuz I'm not. I am happily, gloriously married to um, a man that God sent my way, and he's a man that truly models what Christ as our groom is, and he loves me, and he is patient with me because I need that. And um, he is unwavering and he is steadfast. And um, he's, he's an answer to prayer. And I, I would go through everything again. And that's something you never think that you're going to mm. say. But I would go through it all again to have what I have now. And I'm not just talking about with my family, but with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. My number one. That's powerful. Thank you, Lori, so much for sharing your story today. It means a lot. So, um, wow, I'm just, just amazed at God's faithfulness. All of you uh, in this room and those of you that are watching online, um, you probably have similar stories. Maybe not necessarily divorce, but ways that you've seen God be faithful in your lives. This is the gospel being lived out daily by all of us. I'm going to invite the worship team up. A couple of verses that Lori um, kind of spoke about today are just so powerful, and so I want to read them to you again today as we kind of close out today. Um, Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 and 13 says this. Um, Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. And he goes on to say, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straightening forward to what is ahead. That's powerful. Because we've all gone through hurts in our lives. We all have people that have broken our hearts. Family is family and you love them. But family can cut you like nobody else can. Maybe you have a spouse or maybe you had a boyfriend, girlfriend in the past that really broke your heart and hurt you. Betrayed your trust. It's so difficult. But these things happen to us. Paul says, forgetting what has happened and pressing on for what is next. And one of the ways that we can do that, I love how God just pulled these two verses together. 
One of the ways that we can do that, Jesus Christ himself said, for if we forgive other people when they sin against us, our heavenly father will also forgive us. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly father will not forgive you. Forgiveness, putting things in the past, moving on, taking that next step in life. It's all about, we have to forgive so that we can move on. We're not... Most of the time, someone that hurts us, someone that betrays our trust, someone that breaks our hearts, do they deserve our forgiveness? No. Why do we forgive? We forgive for us so that we can move on. Whatever is going on in your lives, maybe you're dealing with a hurt. Maybe you're dealing with a broken heart. Maybe you're dealing with a divorce. Maybe it's looking like that's going to happen in the future. or Maybe you've already come through that. I'm encouraging you today. You heard the story that God did in Lori's life. And I'm, I'm just encouraging you guys today. Take today, take this opportunity to put this in the past. Does it hurt? Absolutely. Will it hurt in the future? Maybe. Probably so. Take this opportunity to forgive and move forward. I want you to know, uh, for anybody else that's not dealing with something like that right now, maybe you're dealing with just something heavy in your life. Maybe it's just some heavy burden, something major going on in your life. I love what Lori said about looking past it. Two weeks, three weeks ago, I preached about this as well. We have to visualize what's on the other side. Like, where is God taking us? Where do we want to be when all this is said and done? Because all of this... Is just a season that we're going through. It's not going to be like this forever. We will get to the other side, praise God. What do we want that to look like? And when we visualize that, when we see what it looks like on the other side of whatever it is that you're going through, God is going to show himself so faithful to carry you through to the other side. Every single time, he's faithful. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I come to you just thanking you so much for the stories that you're writing in our lives. We know how faithful that you are, God. You are so faithful, so loving, and so kind. God, and I thank you for the courage that you've, you've given Lori to be able to tell her story. And I thank you, God, for just um, uh, letting us hear how even from, from the, a very young age that you've shown yourself faithful to her through your word, giving her a desire to read your word, showing her how much that you are with her always in every situation. It's okay to pray about a stomachache. It's okay to pray about hurt feelings because someone hurt our feelings. God, you are in the little things and you are in the big things. And you are faithful through all things. And so, God, I pray for every person listening this morning or today, whenever they hear this, this uh, service, I pray, God, that you would show them that you are faithful always and that they can trust you in all things. We love you so much. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Folks, this altar is open. Um, you're welcome to come here and pray today. You're welcome to lift your hands and worship God. 
whatever's going on in your life, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I'd love to be standing right up front here. I'd love to pray with you today. I'd love to sit down in this and talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Whatever you want to do today, no matter what, follow the leading.